Welcome to the Forthright Women podcast, where we're dedicated to revealing what keeps women leaders successful and sane. We address challenges like being an executive mom, enabling more women to rise, and fueling our own minds, bodies, and spirits. These conversations are unapologetically real, insightful, and from forthright women themselves. Let's do it. Hello, forthright women. This episode you're about to hear originally aired on our other podcast, Marketing Smarts. We thought this community would appreciate it too, as it contains rich and relevant insights to help keep all of you female leaders successful and sane. So let's get to it. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about a topic that seems to always be relevant and on all of our minds, really both professionally and personally too. And that is the ability to say no effectively, and maybe more importantly than that, being okay with it. We talk sometimes on the show where it applies about gender stereotypes. And here we would say that historically, this can be a harder thing for women to do because they feel like they have to tackle and really do everything. But it's also true of men and really all of us as a human population that wants to fill in the blank, be liked, be useful, help others, take care of people, feel that you're doing good. But the thing to remember here is that if you never learn to say no, you'll eventually find yourself serving others at the sacrifice of serving yourself. And that is not a good place for you to be or the people on the receiving end of your help because it does not make for happy people overall. Yes, exactly. So with that set up, let's jump into the four steps to saying no and not thinking twice about it. Number one, stop saying yes as a reflex. Kind of obvious, but okay. Well, I mean, yeah, but come on. (laughs) I mean, and yeah, it is obvious, but I think that, you know, in addition to being human beings that want to please, we also are creatures of habit. And so I think that some people, and especially specifically related to some relationships just automatically say yes to everything. And, you know, we've talked a lot about on the show about being Midwest nice, where we live in Cincinnati, and the implications of that. And for whatever reason, it just feels like first we lean into this path of least resistance by saying yes, and then it literally becomes a habit. When in reality, the repercussions of those yeses are much more harmful to all of us in the long run. So what we like to say is, look, it's like pulling off a Band-Aid. The initial pain's going to be rough, but then it's over. And then the more you do it, the easier it will actually become. Of course, it will surprise those around you at first, especially the ones that are used to that automatic yes, but they're going to get used to it. And really specifically, like we like to do, we talk about what are the actual tips and tricks to doing this. You need to train your brain to pause before responding when someone asks you for something. Mm -hmm. So do not let it be a habit anymore. When you feel like someone's going to ask something of you, and we know this from human interactions and conversations, right? Take a deep breath. Give yourself a minute to internalize the ask. And then think through those repercussions that we talked about before and what that yes is going to mean, especially what it's going to mean to you, which brings us then to the next point. But I'm sure Anne's going to have some things to say here. Yeah, I mean, I think this is really important. And I was I, I was being a little flippant, but it's actually really hard to do. It so is really hard. To it do. is really hard to do. And I will I'll play the gender card just for a second and I'll speak from my own personal sense of being a woman and a mother and a wife. Um, And I'm not saying that men don't have this either, but I'm just saying 
I, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm put on this earth to serve others, you know, yep. and I think that gives a natural inclination to feel like you have to say yes all the time mm-hmm. because you are constantly and I am constantly feeling like, you know, I need to do that. I need to be a good mom. I need to be a good um, wife. I need, you know, and, and, and then within that, you have to constantly do, do, do. And then the guilt starts sitting in if you don't, right? And mm-hmm. so there's the guilt factor. And then, you know, there's an element of like trying to avoid conflict and, and the fact of like what it means not to say yes. So I think all those come to play. And I think most important thing is just trying to kind of recognize that that is at play there and and then that is might be clouding mm-hmm. the decision making process because if you can't say no you will never open up enough space in order to be able to say yes to the things you actually want to say yes to on a more frequent basis and i know we're going to get to that later but um i think that was just that's just my personal like angst when it comes to having to address you know these asks of me um and uh you know how i feel about them Yeah, and I mean, personally for me too, again, as a woman with a lot of different roles, right, you want to you do want to be able to help. And and so much of my life and my background is I get a lot more fulfillment out of teaching and training and, you know, educating mm-hmm. other people on how to do things. And so in my career over the years, I've taken a whole lot of that on and I've brought a whole lot of those relationships with me beyond just whatever workplace I was in. And so I would say just within the past couple of years and certainly in the past six since becoming a mother, it, you know, it really forced me to reframe how I think about things and and to your point to be able to have enough space and energy to do the most important things versus doing all the things yeah all right number two after you stop saying yes as a reflex on the heels of that, you have to practice saying no. <laughs> and again, I, I thought Anne was going to be like, duh, again. But <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it to you twice. Yeah. I, looked, say the thought, I looked up the and I started to pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, though, that sounds obvious but is actually really hard. So, you know, we focus at first on not automatically saying yes. But actually of the two, I think this one really is harder because you have to force yourself to say that no. And again, because the habits there and the people on the receiving end, especially the ones you interact with regularly, are kind of assuming it's a slam dunk, right? That the answer is going to be yes. But the old adage that practice makes perfect, it really applies here. So practice in front of a mirror. Do it over and over again. Train it out of yourself. Train that knee-jerk reaction out of just automatically saying yes. And when you watch yourself in that mirror, as weird as that may sound, it allows you to nuance the way you say no from everything to the tone of your voice, to the sense of confidence, to how your facial expression looks. And it helps you get better at whatever your talk track is going to be after being able to say that no. And one of the ways you can do this is play out in your head for yourself or jot down notes of scenarios where you have said yes recently and right on the heels and with all those repercussions, you wish that you had said no. And use all of those cumulatively to build that fortitude around saying no. 
literally lists. What were the outcomes? Who made the ask? Who is a serial asker that's always putting you in these positions? Visualize yourself saying no, say it out loud, and repeat it until you don't have that feeling in your gut that you're going to feel awful when you actually have to do this, right? And we all know it's that anxiety of the confrontation, all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, make it almost that if you just totally blacked out in the moment, it would still come out of your mouth the way that you intended it to. Um, The frequent offenders, I also mentioned that. Really think about who those people are and pretend that you're speaking directly to them. Number one, it'll help you the next time you're with them to say no. But if you have the serial offenders, right, those are the people that you probably need to tackle first anyway, because they're probably the ones sucking the most energy out of you. And so they're people that likely are the ones that expect you're just going to say yes. They come to you because you're an easy target and they know that you're going to do all these things that a lot of times, like we said, are things you really don't want to do. Yeah, and I think what people start doing to themselves is kind of like, create a downward spiral yes. about what they think is going to happen as a result of them saying a no. And they develop this like huge worst case scenario about like what somebody's going to think about them and what what they might say to somebody else about the fact that they're not going to help and it and it starts to get like really like very overwhelming with the anxiety of like what this like one no could mean. So what we talk a lot about is like envision that worst case scenario. Yes. Okay? Like all this like is 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 excellent, excellent, excellent in the in the practice, but also in the moment. If you have to give yourself a chance to say, "Hey, can I get back to you?" and you don't want to answer in the moment, take that time in order to like actually envision your worst case scenario. What could possibly happen, and then mm-hmm. really like think about is this likely to happen? Is this something I'm just fabricating in my mind? <laughs> is it really that bad? Maybe it is, maybe it's not, and then you're going to have to weigh that with regards to your priorities and and what you want to commit yourself to. But I we just see it so much as that people tend to kind of make these mountains out of molehills mm-hmm. and think that this one no or these couple of no's is going to cause some sort of catastrophic effect on their life, and it really isn't. So that's my thought on the practicing saying no. Mountains out of molehills. We're bringing mountains. them all out today. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you know, I like my analogies. Well, I think you set yourself up, so I'm going to hand you the next one quite nicely, which is number three, be clear and hold firm. Yeah, and and there's really no way around it. I mean, the first couple of times, it's going to be hard, Um, and that's why you need to really practice. You need to visualize this. You need to actually do the work and and do the exercises of, you know, really – Uncovering that anxiety and really thinking about what that means, um, because as April has alluded to already, is that you've already trained these people about what to expect from you, especially these frequent offenders, as she called them. And now you have to retrain them. All right. So we have a whole podcast on having a you know, having tough conversations. So this is a really good one to really kind of embrace what it's like to actually confront somebody when you know it's going to be a tough conversation. Uh, But there's a lot of those aspects that apply here, and we're going to uh, hit on a couple of them. The one very specifically, especially for this, is state your no and then actually stop talking. Please stop talking. You have to give them a chance to actually absorb what you said. They're going to have all kinds of reactions. I mean, from facial expressions to like, what, really? You know, and like they're going to try their best to try to like assuage you and try to like you know, kind of come around to their their point of view. Um, don't 
oblige them by trying to assuage them back <laughs> and trying to make all kinds of excuses and, you know, and make it really awkward situation with your fumbling over words. Because what that tends to happen is that your no becomes like a maybe. <laughs> they feel like they can like beat you down. They feel like they can like convince you and they're probably not going to stop until they do. You're leaving the door open here. Yeah, folks. You, that's exactly right. And so, I mean, that's that's the part. It's like you can't backslide. You have to be very firm here. You have to be able to say your no with conviction. And that allows you to then start training them in order to be able to open up space, again, like we said, for saying yes. Because what you're trying to do here is you're trying to show consistency and conviction and what you are going to say yes to, right? Which means you have to say no to some things. So don't kick the can down the road. I mean, if you, like I said, if you have to step away and say, can I get back to you? Yeah. Do that. You know, that gives you some time to process. You don't be said you had to say yes or no in the moment, but don't leave it as a maybe or like, you know, if you can't sign somebody else to do it, you know, come back to me or, you know, maybe not this time, but maybe next time. Have some conviction and in, 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 in some thought about is this a yes situation or this is a no situation so you can start developing some consistency so you can be honorable to yourself and for those who may want your assistance and service. Yeah, and just know that, I mean, really and truly, if you say no and then you backslide, you're actually doing more harm than if you just said yes in the first place. Because remember, you're trying to do two things with this. You're trying to retrain yourself to not automatically say yes and then do all these things. And you're trying to train the people on the receiving end to this new behavior where you're not going to always say yes anymore. So if you say no and then you backpedal and you eventually say yes, now you're still a yes person. But also it almost gives the other party more control over you because not only did they get you to say yes, they argued with you back when you said you didn't want to do it and then still convinced you to say yes. So that power struggle still exists and they actually have more power in their hands. Yeah, it's kind of like talking to your kids. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, yes, it Some is. Some of which happen to be kids happen to be actually really good at that, um, <laughs> unfortunately for us. Yes, exactly. That could be an episode on its own. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Number four, say yes when you want to. Anne. Yeah. And, and you know, you might want to say no more than yes, at least initially yeah. to get into the practice. But like we said, like the ability to say no opens up space to say yes when you want to. Now, that means you have to have priorities established. You have to have criteria established that you want to say yes to so that you know that when these things come along, these are the things you want to go do. And people actually then start knowing that these are the things you want to go do. So instead of just like asking you for every little thing, they're like, oh, April, you know, really likes it when we do like the design stuff. She really likes to contribute in design. We're going to ask her to do this. Mm -hmm. We're going to ask her to do design. We're not going to ask her to come set up tables and chairs because we know that April doesn't like setting up tables and chairs. This is true. Right? So it's like, you know, you, you start getting the right asks as well as you get to say yes to more things that you enjoy and that gives you life. And so that becomes a really nice situation where values exchange. So, um... That is what is really, really important here in, in saying yes. And, you know, again, don't sacrifice, you know, yourself in the context of having to say yes all the time. And I, and I know we said that before, but I think it's a really important point because 
you're going to lose the ability to be able to provide that value that is uniquely yours and your talents are uniquely yours. So it's not being of non-service to say no. You're reserving your yeses for things that you can truly, truly um, have impact on. Yes. And I think, too, that you're going to have to do a little bit of self-reflection here as well, right? So Anne gave the example of you know, really tactically, April likes the design work. She doesn't like to have to like set up rooms and stuff like it just isn't a personal use to me. But if you've fallen so far off that you're just saying yes to everyone, you're kind of becoming a shell of a person in that instance. And and part of the harm that that does to you is you're so servant oriented to other people that you've lost yourself in those instances. And so you're going to need a little bit of time and homework, really, of what are the things that I've historically said yes to that I really enjoyed? How categorically do they fit all together so that you can then start identifying the yeses that really give you joy that you can start then doing again once you've sort of reset. So just make sure you spend time identifying those before you get into the situation so that when you open up the space, you don't allow it to then just be taken again (laughs) by starting to say yes. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of resentment grows there, you know, and that and starts impacting relationships as well. So (laughs) you can avoid all that. Yes, exactly. All right, so just to summarize a bit here. The four steps to saying no and not thinking twice about it. Stop saying yes as a reflex, which means break that habit for good. Number two, practice saying no. Set yourself up for success, and that means preparation. Number three, be clear and hold firm. So make your point, and as we said, stop talking. And number four, say yes when you want to because it really is okay to want to help people. Just do it on the things that also bring you joy. Our next segment, In the Trenches, is where, as a reminder to all of you, we give real-world examples specific to industries and situations, perhaps, but with broad applications so that any of you out there can digest and put them into action. All right, number one. I'm going to hand this one to Anne. What if the other party just will not let no be the answer? Yeah, again, I go back to the kids. <laughs> if you run really, if you want practice, you just yeah, you just pop out have kids, kids. Or, or borrow somebody else's kids, and you're gonna get really good at this really really quickly. Um, so yeah, I mean it, that's probably why some of us are good at it as like adult humans too. Um, but yeah, as we we've all been around these people. They just keep pushing and pushing. They try to guilt you. They try to like assage you. They try to like I mean oh, they make you feel bad about them. Like mm-hmm. it, it it's all there. It all is there. So that's why it's so important that you kind of have to take a little bit of the emotion out of it and prioritize yourself and prioritize what's important to you. And then, again, clearly say no and then stop talking. Mm -hmm. Let them realize that. Don't give them ammunition to actually come back at you and try to, like, compromise in the way that you are saying no. So, for example, if you say no, I, I'm just, you know, too busy. Oh, well, it only take five minutes of your time, mm-hmm. right? So it's a continued conversation and that you're never going to get out of to the point where they're going to have so many reasons why all of your excuses are so poor. <laughs> you have no other reason but to say yes. Mm-hmm. So here's where we say walk away if you have to. 
Stop the conversation if you have to. And then maybe you even kind of give a little bit of feedback, which is like, hey, like I said, no, can we just leave it at that? You mm-hmm. know, I don't maybe I don't appreciate the fact that, you know, um, you're continuing to come back at me at this. Mm-hmm. I said no. And, you know, because it's a little bit of a respect thing. So um, it, it's OK, too. It just depends on, you know, who it is and, and if you feel like you need to go there. Yeah. And, and this is where I would say this is the reminder, right, that you're trying to change the relationship by changing their behavior. And so Anne mentioned this before, and I think it's really worth restating it here, which is be prepared and kind of maybe even like manifest in your mind whatever the reactions might look like so that you're not on your heels and you have an idea of how they're going to Mm -hmm. respond. And like she said, you know, let them blow off the steam if they need to, but you need to hold firm that you're not going to respond and that you're not going to change your answer, which is why we recommend like go ahead and walk away or, or whatever those other things are. But at that point, it becomes their problem. It's no longer your problem. So just make sure that you have the wherewithal, I guess I would say, to both prepare and then be ready for whatever their response might look like. Yeah, and and you might have, like you said, I think that's a really great point about like in trying to anticipate the reaction because um we we all know how some people take no's and uh, yeah. we're pretty pretty clear about that and who can take no's better than others in our lives. But um, you know, be prepared for them to get mad. Be yep. prepared for them to, you know, get angry with you. Maybe they're not gonna talk to you for a couple of days, yep. but there's and that sucks. I mean, there's just no you know, doubt about it that, that sucks and that makes us feel bad, but you got to prioritize yourself. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to say that a gazillion times during this episode, but like, you got to prioritize yourself. You got to put yourself in service of yourself uh, because that's the only way that you're going to be and be able to generate the true value that you are meant to generate. Yeah. And, and really, those people, those moments are learnings, right? So yeah. if they're going to get mad at you for saying no, then that should be even more proof to you that those are yeses you shouldn't be giving exactly. in the long term. So, all right. Number two in the trenches, what if I lose relationships because I start saying no? You set yourself up for that one. I did set myself up for that one. (laughs) So to the point I just made, they might not be the right people anyway. Um, You know, there's this great book called Give and Take. And, you know, Anne and I have differing opinions on business books oftentimes. But for whatever reason, this one has really stuck in my head. And it's this idea that there are givers and takers in the world and Mm -hmm. that Sometimes when you match up with a taker, if you're a giver, you end up in the exact situation we're talking about here. And they really do prey on the nice, the truly nice people in society so that they can get them to do their bidding. But it also becomes almost like a game to them. Like, how much stuff can I get this person to do for me? So seriously, if that's the type of person that we're talking about here – and that's the person you're worried about losing a relationship with, we would say good riddance. It doesn't feel like that's a person that really should be a part of your life. And again, Anne said it sucks. It's hard, especially if you've known each other a long time. Or their and, family. Or their, or their family. Can't choose your family. Um, you know, all, all of those things. But you've got to be able to opt out not only of situations but relationships when that is what makes the most sense. So that's the first point. If, if it's one of those people, it's probably not a relationship worth keeping anyway. The other thing, which Anne did talk about a little bit, is there could be some temporary harm to the relationship. That's really actually okay. 
You know, it might suck for a couple of days, but if they are the right people in your life, they will come back. So just like you're working to change your behavior and you're working to reorient yourself, they're going to have to do the same thing at the very least in relationship to the relationship or in relation to the relationship with you. Say that five times fast. (laughs) Um, And what they expect out of you. And, you know, if they are truly good people, this is where we say don't be fearful, even if those few days or whatever, a week or whatever are kind of tough. Give them the time to process, have the respect for the relationship, and eventually they'll come back. And then the beauty of that is that you can reframe and start fresh And have that conversation of both of your reactions to this new way you'd like to approach the relationship. And then we also say, you don't have to do this in a bubble, right? We all have people that we trust. Mm -hmm. We all have an inner circle. When you're going to do this, use them as support and don't be afraid to have them as a gut check. So if you suddenly feel like you're losing all kinds of relationships and it's not one of the two above where they're not worth it or they'll come back – then maybe you have a style problem with how you're presenting this to people. You know, maybe you're being too abrupt. Maybe you're not giving them time to say anything in return. You know, maybe you're opting out of situations where you actually probably should be helping them and you're not. So your people, those ones, again, just like we have the people we need to get rid of, we have the people we always want to keep. Those people that are in your corner and have your best interest, talk to them. At the very least, so this isn't a lonely time for you, but also if you feel like, I just don't think I'm doing this the right way. Yeah, I think that's a really, really um, important point. And I'm going to go back to the family Piece because I think that's the hardest when we have a conflict um, with saying no is mm-hmm. when family members need us and we feel maybe that um, in some p- cases it may be a tad bit manipulative or yep. maybe a tad bit like overextending the, the needs and yep. you feel a little bit taken advantage of. And, you know, yes, you can't choose your family, but you can choose the relationships you're going to have with your family. Absolutely. And you're not doing any service to yourself or that relationship if you continue to let yourself either taken advantage of or manipulated, I guess. And you're not doing any service to that person either um, in letting them treat you that way. Mm -hmm. So just remember, you are teaching people how to treat you. Um, And so you need to set up those guidelines. You need to set up those those boundaries. You need to be very clear about when they have crossed the line. They're not going to do that for you, especially these people who can be, as you said, takers. Like they were going to take, take, take until somebody tells them no. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying everybody is like that and everybody has ill will. And sometimes, you know, our family just needs something and you're going to know that when, mm-hmm. when that happens. Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't put yourself in the position that just because they're quote unquote family, that you need to be of 100% service to whatever they need whenever they need it. Yes. And I think it can actually be a good opportunity for them to, to hear it from someone like I mean think about the difference of saying it as a family member versus having your boss tell you at work yeah, right exactly. and so if you have a really hard time with this especially with family because yes that can be a really tenuous one think about it through the lens of what will help them most in the long run and even if you can't change the behavior know that you can feel good about the fact that you stood up and you tried and that you gave it your all and honored yourself in the process, um, and that hopefully they'll hear it eventually, if not from you. Yeah, because yeses without that like intent yeah. are basically called enabling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> whole other episode. Yeah, whole other episode. <laughs>
All right, number three in the trenches, and I'll take this one. Is it really possible to get good at saying no? I'm not going to give my usual answer here and say it depends. <laughs> I am actually going to give an emphatic yes. And I'm going to follow that with, it does not matter who you are. So do not try to tell me, Anne, that you're an introvert or, you know, if you're an extrovert or if you're a people pleaser. I don't have a problem saying no. If you're, <laughs> I don't know why. No, I know. If you're a people pleaser, if you're a bleeding heart, we can all learn to say no. The real question is, does it ever get easy? And here I will say it depends. Because when it is someone that's deserved your no all along... Those instances do get easier because when you step back, you see it less emotionally and it does become more black and white. And you almost create like this profile in your mind where you can see it coming and you realize then they didn't deserve that much of your time and energy in the first place. So those actually can get pretty easy. But, you know, we'll continue the family reference here. If it's your ailing grandma that keeps coming back from work because she's lonely and she wants to spend time with you and you know that it always ends in criticism about your career, your role as a mom or your weight or your appearance or whatever the case might be. It might not be as easy to say no, but you have to, again, put yourself in and, and think about what you can take and where you get energy from and, again, honoring yourself. And that's a little bit of a silly example. but Well, it's not a silly example at all, I don't think. I think it's a really good example to say you have to set some boundaries. Yes. If you're going to go, go for 15 minutes. Yes. You know, you don't have to spend three hours yep. there, you know. You can also, yeah. like, compromise your, your yeses, you know, yep. and say, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm only going to do this for 15 minutes. I'm going to do it once a week. Yep. You know? No, and that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yes, I think that that is a really good point of of managing the level of yes. Yeah. <laughs> managing the, the level other. of yes is exactly right. Is which the is other part. kind of like an alternate no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And maybe it's a good way to wean people off, honestly. It, it, it could be, yes. You know, if she wants to play a whole game of cards and you're only willing to give 15 minutes, maybe she'll move on to somebody else. Yeah. Or you just lose intentionally. <laughs> also fair. <laughs> All right. Way off the reservation here. Um, but I will say overall blanket statement, it does get better with practice because you reassert yourself, your confidence builds, you come back into your own. And just like with muscles, right? When you flex mm -hmm. them, they develop and there's muscle memory. That's a very real physical thing. This is very real from an emotional and brain capacity, I guess, standpoint is you really, really can get better and practice really does also make it better. All right. Number four. How do I find the balance of saying yes at the right times? And Anne, I'm going to give this one to you. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. So I'll just put a little bit of a finer point on in, uh, on a couple of the points that we've talked about, which is really, really, really having priorities and criteria um, that allow you to be able to really filter through whether or not you should say yes or not. Because like we said, if you don't say no to things, you're not going to create enough space in order to be able to say yes. We only have so much energy. Our energy is you know, going to be able to supply us for those things that are really, really important to us or not important to us. Our energy does not discriminate. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to discriminate where you want to invest your energy. So that is by intentionally stating, here's my priorities, here's my criteria. Now, hopefully, you know, some of these things that you're going to ha just have to do because you have to do, but some of these things you want to do because you really want to do them. Mm -hmm. So some of your priorities are going to have to be need-based. Some of your priorities are going to be want-based, but you're not going to be able to do any of that if you don't say no to some things, all right? So as April was saying, you know, you got to think about too, like, what are the things that get you really excited? What, what make you feel really fulfilled in life? What are those things that 
dang, I wish I could have said yes to this, but I was already doing these things, mm-hmm. you know? So really think back about your yeses and nos that you've you've actually made over the last like several weeks, several years. I mean, back it up. I mean, go way back and kind of see like how some of these decisions also have cascaded into other like forced yeses or maybe even forced no's mm-hmm. because you have put yourself into this obligatory space that now you have feel like you have no flexibility. And that's generally what, what happens is we feel like we get stuck in these boxes now. Now we can't say yes or we can't say no anymore, mm-hmm. right? And because we've just kind of perpetuated um, the, or kicked a can down the road to my early analogy. So really like think about that and realize that like recalibration is actually, you know, a real thing. So sometimes patterns are really hard to break and you might get really good at this for a few times and then you find you slip. That's totally fine. I mean, it's going to happen and you'd be like, oh, shoot, I just said yes to something I shouldn't have. Or maybe I said no to something I wanted to say yes to. And I because and why was that, you know, Mm -hmm. and so you have to really think through like what would have been able to um, make that possible. And then you have to start reprioritizing and it's fine. You know, as long as you're not leaving a person in a lurch, mm-hmm. um, if you sit, made a yes, to come back and undo it. But do it in a, in a way with integrity. Like, mm-hmm. for example, sometimes, you know, me and April find that we say yes to things like speaking engagements. And then we realize, oh, no, we maybe one of us has like something else, another something came up and we can't do it. The first thing we do is try to find somebody who can take our place. Right. Yep. So yep. if we have to say no, we find somebody who can take our place and, and do it in a, in a way that's going to deliver the credibility in, in, that the person was looking for to begin with. So do your best not to say, you know, if you said yes and you're trying to back out of it, don't leave it as a no in a lurch. Have integrity um, when you're going to do that. Yes. And the one thing I'll add here, of in addition to recalibration, know where you are in your life, right? Yes. So there are natural times where you're going to be able to say yes a whole lot more and natural times where you're going to have to say no a whole lot more. And it is okay to be selfish in those moments. And I'm speaking to myself right here. Um, you know, like life and situationally right now, I'm building a house. Our business has gotten really busy really quickly, which is amazing. And we're so thankful. So thank you to everyone out there. Um, Then I'm also selling a house and having to put that on the market while raising two young kids and having all their toys, right? Like you can imagine I can feel my blood pressure rising. Usually the studio is a very safe place for me. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so that's a lot. And so To Anne's point, though, you know, when people come to me or I've agreed to something that now I need to do, I need to change, I do it with honesty and that integrity, and then it actually becomes less of a big deal. And so I I think, you know, like, for example, some of the people that I typically network with more often or am available to on a a text notice, right? Um, I've just been really clear when I can't get back to them or I can't meet right now. I'm like, listen, this next three weeks is crazy and we're going on vacation as part of it and here's all the things going on. You know I'm happy to be there for you, but either I can recommend you to Anne or someone else or we're going to have to catch up on this in a couple weeks when my life gets a little bit more back Mm -hmm. to normal. And because those people know me and know my integrity, it's totally fine. And we will come back to it when things aren't as crazy in my life. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think 
don't say yes when you mean no. I mean, we have that <laughs> yes. happens a lot too, especially like with and this happens actually a lot in network connects, right? Yes. When you try to connect with somebody and they say, "Oh yes, let's get together," and then you know you're you're trying to like engage the person and they keep kicking you down the road, yeah. you know, figuratively and literally, like, "Oh, things are really busy this week. Uh, can we do it next week?" And then they cancel the next week and they push it out to next week. Like again, you're not doing anybody any service, no. like. And doing that, I, I actually really appreciate one person I did reach out to. This was a couple of years ago when I reached out for a network connect. And, and I said, it was awesome to meet with you because she was a, um, a woman executive. And, and she goes, you know, I'd I love to. She goes, I just don't have the time. I'm like, she goes, I'm sorry, I cannot commit the time to you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, it kind of stung a little bit, totally honest. I was like, oh, well, that kind of sad. But you know what? At least appreciated the fact that I wasn't going to be emailing her like intently for the next like, you know, several months, hoping that she would eventually have time, you yeah. know? So I was just able to move on because I was in a priority to her. That was fine. Again, it stung a little bit for me, but you know mm-hmm. what? It makes sense. You yeah. know, it totally made sense. And so I appreciated the fact that she had made that that clear decision for her. Well, and I think on her end too, good for her. Because that's the other part of what I think can get hard is when you love networking like me, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, I really want to get back and schedule with that person. But then what ends up happening is if I allow it to continue like that, then it's always in the back of my mind that I haven't done it yet Yeah. versus being like, I'm sorry, I just literally don't have the time. And if it's someone you don't even know at all, like it is totally okay to just do that and, you know, and then be okay with it once you do. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So that's our in the trenches questions. So we will move on to our third and final segment, which is typically a real world example of a brand who's doing things well or not so well. But as sometimes happens, and it feels like more frequently than not lately, (laughs) brand examples just don't make sense here. So we thought we would share a personal, so non-business example from each of us getting real vulnerable here, when in our lives we had to say no and when it wasn't always easy but it really was necessary and so I will go first here Um, I've talked a lot on this show and other shows just about how much energy I get from teaching from mentoring from managing all of those types of things and and I really do I do love it Um, but just like all things that you're good at and you love it can become a burden and so I had a really hard time when I had kids um, learning the prioritization of my work self versus my mom self. Mm -hmm. And I know we we hear this all the time. We talk about this all the time. And so that was difficult. And but I feel like I actually had an easier time with that versus where I was most recently when I started having to shed some people and some relationships in order to make my kids my top priority. And I think I was struggling a lot with relationships that I had carried for a lot of years, expectations of people, um, COVID being really hard on all of us. And I had these two little humans, right, that I'm that I'm taking care of. And so I did a lot of self-reflection. I, I think all of us did over COVID mm-hmm. probably. And I was like, what is it that's not working? And on one hand, I have these relationships that just weren't as fulfilling as they used to be. And on the other hand, I realized I had this desire to really put my kids first. And what did that mean? And 
it was actually that I needed to shed some relationships or reorient certain relationships in order to really make my kids my top priority, which is what I wanted for them. And that doesn't just mean, I mean, I am a task master, right? Like mm-hmm. I am very good at making my lists. I schedule all the doctor's appointments. I make sure all their clothes are always clean. I make sure that they have things that fit. I delegate certain things to my nanny that, you know, need to get done that I can't get to. Like that stuff is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is another reset for me of having the proper energy to really enjoy not only spending time with them, but helping them become better human beings. And so if I'm allowing other people to suck the life out of me or take my energy or always having to be on call, those people that just expect you to say yes. And even some were people that like, I was able to reorient the relationship and say, I just can't give it this much time anymore. And this is why. But that has allowed me to really turn off not just my work, but also my brain and be in the moment and enjoy those kids. And I have to say that this summer at the pool, now they're getting they're bigger and they're more fun and, and all of that kind of stuff. So that's part of it. But when we go to the pool now, I actually get in the water and play with my kids in the pool regularly. Mm-hmm. And they respond with just this enthusiasm, right? As soon as I say it's a pool day, my son Sam says, mom, are you going to get in today and play with us? Or like when we go to the brewery around the corner from us, you know, he and I now have skee-ball matches. And like, I truly enjoy that because my mind is not worried about something else. And he looks forward to those moments even more because he knows that's time for us to connect one-on-one. And so I will say it's been hard. It was anxiety ridden. I was worried about how some folks were going to react. But all in all, it has set a new order to my life that allows more space like we've been talking about throughout this whole episode. And I'm just lighter and happier overall, even with all this craziness going on. Like I really think that I'm in a much better place as a result. Yeah, I I think that's a really great example. And I think a lot, one that a lot of us go through, I know I did as well, in multiple stages of our lives. And I I think just on the flip side of that, too, like for people who are experiencing that kind of those conversations with with people, try not to take them so personally. Yeah. You know, um, and just realize that, you know, if the, the friendship in, in, in relationship has meaning, it's always going to be there yep. and that it's going to ebb and flow in that case, in, in, in the context of like what's going on in life. But the, the biggest blessing I have are friends that like, you know, we get busy and then we come back together and it's like, we have never been apart, yep. right? You could just yep. kind of pick up where you left off. So, you know, be that blessing to somebody else as well. Um, and then hopefully then people will be that blessing to you when it's your yep. turn. So I think that's, that was a really great example. And that one hit home. All right, so I guess it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so, going to run you out of it today. All right. No, no, no. I got one. I got one. <laughs> and this is actually, I'm going to show the complexity of knowing yeses. Oh, wow. All you right? really prepared for I this I did. One. Okay, right. so um, so me and my daughter, Ainsley, um, we are part of a group called Impact 100. And this is a service group. Um, it has women. And we all um, donate money. And then we use that money collectively to... Um, provide grants to uh, local businesses and philanthropies um, in order to help support them um, and create impact within um, our city. So um, Ainsley is, um, she's going to be my, she's a rising senior in high school here. And so um, she's really into this group. She loves being able to connect with these women who are, you know, spectacular women of 
all kind of walks of life, gone through all kinds of different experiences. And, you know, they, they, they treat her like one of the group, which has been really phenomenal to see. Um, and so we were part of this uh, subcommittee that was looking and reviewing the grants from mm. um, the organizations. And part of the process is to actually organize a site visit mm. um, once I made it down um, to a certain process. And these, like I haven't actually even been on a site visit in like the three or four years I've been on it because I just haven't been able to fit it in. It was just one thing one of those things I was like, I- I'd like to go, but I have to say no to it. I have other things that I have to go do. Yep. But Ainsley wanted to say yes, because she wanted the experience of being able to do that. She really liked one of the organizations that had made it down the, the pike, and um, she really wanted to lead this. And I was like, I just want to say no. <laughs> I was like, I had other things going on, and there, there was like, and she was um, just, she was in track at the time, and she was finishing up school, and I'm like, I knew she was really busy, but she really wanted to do it. And I was like, okay, we can do it together. I said, but you have to do all the work. I'm like, I will be here to support you. I'll be here to help you like facilitate the communications, check your communications, but you're going to do all the work. And she did. I mean, she did. She took that on um, and she facilitated a really fantastic um, site visit um, where the point when she showed up um, and the, the people were there, they're like, oh, you're Ainsley. Oh, they didn't expect her to be so young because mm-hmm. she she led it um, in such a professional and mature way. And um, I did some work like I was like kind of helping her kind of like with the communications, how to set up these yep. emails, right? Like, what's the right thing to do here and those sorts of things. But she did like 90% of the work. So there's one where I traditionally had said no. I said yes to my daughter because it was really important to her and we were doing this together. And it ended up working out really, really nicely. Yeah, and I think tactically it's a really good one, right? Because what we try to do, obviously, is give you the broader perspective but then give application. I think we've just done that with our two examples, quite honestly, right? Um, bigger picture but then, like, really specific and and how what does that look like? And I think part of adding the personal nature, right, is that on episodes like this, so much of it crosses. Yeah. And when we think about saying yes and no, I mean, we think about it from the very setup we talked about in terms of your whole life and all the roles that you serve and how it can get tricky and how it's hard to make all those pieces work together. So um, before we leave you, we will summarize again those four steps to saying no and not thinking twice about it. The first is stop saying yes as a reflex. So break that habit for good. Number two is practice saying no by setting yourself up and preparing. And when you prepare, it will get better. Be clear and hold firm. Make the point and stop talking. And number four, say yes when you want to and when it's stuff that really serves you and makes you happy. Being a fourth wife woman can be challenging on a good day, which is why we offer individual and group coaching as well as group trainings and keynotes. Check out our website, forthright-women.com to learn more. If you find this podcast of value, please rate and review us and share with other women who could use a boost to become a forthright woman.